Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew P. We're here. Welcome to episode number 33, recorded live on October 5th. And today we have marketing team member number four with Do You Convert, Becca. Say hello, Becca. Hi, everyone. There we go. Becca helps me out. We work alongside each other, although in different states, we're remote, but we are grinding all day long on new campaigns, new ads and everything. So she is... Uh, just as nerdy as I am, I'd say. Yes. You both have ad doctor lab coats. Is that what you're saying? That's right. I need to get one made. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I could wear it to IBS maybe. I don't know. People yes. look at me I like, like crazy. that idea. <laughs> Definitely. Um, sure. quick, quick background on Becca. And Becca, go. Your quick background. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no warning. Sorry. Nothing like preparing. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I have been marketing in the new home building industry for five years, I worked with a home builder. Um, and when I started, they pretty much didn't know they needed a marketing person, but they knew they needed somebody else to help kind of get Lasso started. So I kind of worked myself into uh, running their one person marketing department for awesome. 20 communities. Oh, you stay busy. You made the position. That's awesome. Let's jump right into story time. I'll go first because this is fun. And I actually just got a notification on it. So we moved to our, this is like the longest story ever because we sold the house. That was last week. I think that was last uh -huh. week. Yeah, I mentioned that last week. And during this time, we moved to the beach condo, which was like a mile from our previous house that we just sold. Um, got that set up. We're like, Hey, we need a new like camera. We have a one and a half year old. So we needed a new camera that to watch her during nap time. Yep. So I went on Amazon and I'm like, Oh, what's this Amazon cloud cloud camera. And we like the Alexa. Alexa's always listening to us and spying. So I'm like, well, what's the heck? You know what the heck? Like she already listens. Might as well see everything's going on. Hooked it up. <laughs> took like maybe a minute to hook up and like perfect. Like I've had tons of other like IP cameras and web cameras. And whatnot. And this thing just like worked straight out of the box. And I'm blown away. I don't do either of you have a Amazon cloud camera? No. I don't have an Amazon one. We're a Nest family here. So we've okay. got um, you know, the two thermostats, one upstairs, one downstairs, and then we have three Nest cams, one of which we keep in the boys' room just so we can always go to instant replay, you know, when someone runs out crying. Nice. I'm like, okay, what happened? Tell the yeah. truth, because we're gonna go to instant replay and figure out what really happened. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the best. So I'm impressed. Like it is fat. Like you walk in the room and within two to three seconds, notification, motion mm -hmm. in room. Like nice. I'm just blown away. Like I the other ones we've had before, like had motion detection on it, but it was just a IP like security camera that you'd put on your network. So yep. it was, you know, old school like pain in the yeah. butt to use. And this just, you walk in the room. Boom. So I'm super impressed at the, the spying abilities of this thing. It's awesome. I'm not <laughs> advocating it, but I do know builders who use cloud cameras like that, Amazon one or the Nest, and they put them in their sales offices just to be able to, one, provide safety and, and some uh, you know, resources if something were to happen in a model to, to be able to go back and see what, what happened. Um, you know, in their case of theft or robbery or whatever, hmm. but also to count. And Mark Cuban was supposed to do this a long time ago. Still haven't seen it um, hit hit our space at all. But being able to just count faces as traffic units, um, oh. he's designing a program to do oh, that. Of course, privacy concerns probably. Oh, for sure. A hurdle to get over. But yeah, they they are they are fantastic. We, I mean, even just the ring doorbell. Yeah, does the same okay. thing very, very well, uh, giving you the visual notification when someone walks up to the door. Uh, Definitely. Too. Thinking nerdy for a second to Mark Cuban's idea. Could we as builders, I don't know if there's got to be something like an event tracking with like door opens. And there will be days where like the amount oh. of times the door opens is weird, like move. You know, it's just an outlier. But could that be an average track? Maybe not the front door, but like a door that person who's interested if it is a model home, for example, to walk around, maybe like Internet of Things, like track door opens, goes to Data Studio. Could be interesting. Something like that. 
I don't know. It's good until you've got one kid that decides he wants to play with the door while his parents are looking at the house. <laughs> yeah, 400 people. <laughs> they love that door. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, man. this may or may not surprise you, but um, we've tried this, or I've tried this before. <laughs> So where guardian guardian protection services, you know, they they can put in uh, or any low voltage um, security wiring company can put in trip sensors uh, Mm -hmm. in the house. And so it's kind of like your regular walk in traffic report. It's it's going to be inconsistent uh, for sure, but it should be because you're going to have the salesperson, the construction manager, other people walking through regularly um, that are not out shopping. But it's it is just another kind of mostly free data point to look at. And when you see a spike, it could still have been like Becca said, uh, a kid just playing with the door. Uh, but if it's a motion sensor where they're breaking the plane, it makes it a little bit less likely, especially if you put it up at, uh, you know, an average adult, you know, a foot below their average height. Yeah. So you can just see when there's activity, you wouldn't trust it to count the, the give you a true count of the activity. Yeah. Just like okay. a, yeah, not the number, just the, the uh, trends, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. And Becca, I hear that you're uh, buying a new home. That would yes. Interesting. Nice. nice. Really? Tell us about that. Yeah. She already owns two. She's sneaky. <laughs> They're, um, Are you a fan um, of Monopoly, Becca? She yes. <laughs> I really like Monopoly. I like to hoard things. There you go. Especially real estate. But yeah, so we are going to build a house. It's going to be a little bit closer into um, civilization. So I'll have great internet. And then um, <laughs> that's the best kind of had. Yes, we had to wait for the lot to be released. So we waited for like a couple of months. And then finally, last weekend, we got the text. Hey, uh, come write your contract today or the price goes up. Because, you know, of course, that's the best call to action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we did. And um, yeah, I've never built. So it'll be interesting to kind of be on the other side of home building. We get to just expect nothing to go wrong. And (laughs) for constant streams of communication from the Internet of Things, be telling you live what's happening on your job site. Yes. Um, No delays. With the the camera. Yeah. No delays of any kind. And nothing gets scratched. There's this uh, amazing protective coating that they spray on everything that goes in a new home that just keeps it completely clean okay. until the day you move in. Um, yeah, it'll be great. No, it's just, <laughs> it, it, is, it is great for anyone in our business to go through that experience because it definitely gives you empathy and a, a new fresh set of eyes in terms of how things can be improved that you just would never get if you didn't. So yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. And Thanks. internet, faster internet is exciting. Because right now, Becca, how are you streaming to us? Right now, I have a Verizon wireless jetpack that I turn on. Because otherwise, your internet speed is not jetpack. <laughs> not three not megabytes or speed. something in the, uh, yes. in the country. Yes. I think it's like um, download, it's five megabytes, and upload, it's like 0. 0.35. Oh, not fun. Not fun. It's well, supposed now, to be faster, but it's just it's just not. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> sneaky. You have like the next year of blog posts available. You could write about your experience building. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many good things for me to write about. Okay, um, so my story time is is just there's been a lot of conversation that I've had with builder partners and potential builder partners um, that that have talked about wanting to begin working with us about the trade-offs that people are making right now between doing something very easily and doing something well. And it sounds like that should not be a topic worth really talking about at face value, but but the realities of day-to-day work existence mandate that you're always making that trade-off, uh, right? You know, and, and one example they looked at was someone who was using HubSpot to build all of the Facebook ad creative uh, within the HubSpot ecosystem. And they were comparing their results to what a typical do you convert builder would use. And the reason that our results were better wasn't because we were saying something or would be saying something dramatically different or anything magical, right? There's no, there's no magic pixie dust uh, in terms of ad creative that we have that other people aren't using targeting maybe. But at the end of the day, 
it's like if you just weren't why were they using HubSpot? They were using it because it was one place they were already going into and it was convenient and quick, but quick and easy does not equal, in this case, great results. And so I think it's just something to be aware of that anytime you're doing something, if you're wanting the best results, best results usually doesn't mean the most efficient. It doesn't mean that's never the case, but if something's really easy, it's on autopilot, it's probably not being done the absolute best way. And so you are you have to constantly be making that trade-off of how important is this to me? How much do I want you know, industry-leading results in this area versus another area? And like everything else, it's a balance. But I just thought it was interesting that a lot of folks that I've talked to recently were making that trade-off without really knowing it. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on, well, once you know the best path to get the best results, then you go and try to make it more efficient, I guess, like a phase two of, of that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, mean it right. can get efficient, but just like, is there a way to make this task? Because I think oftentimes for some of our builder partners, sometimes that more difficult but better result is just a, a newer process versus a mm-hmm. more difficult one. It's just different. Like, it's just different versus yeah. what, they were, they, what they were doing. It's like the HubSpot yeah. example, maybe... Once they get used to Facebook interface, it will be quicker or or easier. Yeah. And I think it's hard when you're in the trenches and you aren't quite sure how to start. You just got to start and you got to test different things and see how each performs and track it. Yeah. I I think just the fact that something is new to both of your points, that inherently makes it harder. Yes. It, it yep. may not actually be harder, but the newness of it and the learning curve to get there makes it harder. But I just think generally, um, back to what you were saying, Andrew, is just do what is the absolute best first and then work backwards yes. about how can you make that more efficient, right? Because if I started with just what's most efficient, when I heard Steve Shoemaker talk about sending cupcakes to every homeowner, there's <laughs> no way I would have even started down that path because there is mm-hmm. no... There's no efficient path really truly to get there. That's why so few people do it. But it was something that I felt strongly about was worth the headache. And so then we just figured out the bet. And it it, it was better than it could have been. It could have been really cumbersome and really hard. We were able to find a good partner to help us. But at the end of the day, you start with what's best first and then make it efficient. But then even that at some point, you're likely to find a way more efficient way that's only slightly less good. So then that, again, it makes the trade-off of, do I need to free my, te- my team's time up to be able to work on other things? How much benefit? I'm, that goes back to why you have to be able to attribute results and, and benefit to different channels because you could still be trying to do organic social the best possible way, mm-hmm. and you're still not going to gain a whole lot of traction much. from it. True. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're, we like HubSpot. It's not nothing bad with, with HubSpot. It's, it's, a, it's a system that a lot of home builders use and s- several of our builder partners use. It's just that using it uh, in this particular instance wasn't, w- was limiting because they, w- they weren't able to keep their internal system of how to run Facebook ads current. As we reviewed at the summit, Facebook ads, generally speaking, have shifted three, four times over the past year and a half. What is the best current strategy? Mm-hmm. And even dimensions and layout options and so any internal tool you're using to build those quickly is it going to be able to keep up yep i'll be behind yeah and zuckerberg needs to calm things down so we don't have to change facebook so often <laughs> that's right <laughs> come on come on there's right. i'm still waiting yes. on like a third platform for us to manage oh that's actively. funny because actually you just you're taking us right mm. into the news andrew good job so <laughs> Uh, article number one, Snapchat and Amazon seemingly teaming up. And I think, I think more to come. So, you know, the headline here from TechCrunch, Snapchat code reveals team up with Amazon for camera search. What's this one? What's this one about? Yeah, this one's pretty cool. I, but essentially what you could do, let's say you're at the gym, you see someone's shoes, you're friends with them. You aren't just taking pictures of someone you don't know. And you're like, Hey, let me look, let me look at your shoes real quick. You could open up Snapchat, scan their sh- their shoe with with your camera, like just the the shoe itself. You don't have to do anything weird. And if it finds it, it will pull up an Amazon link. So you you found it without knowing anything about it. So it's pretty cool. I think it's cool with the reviews and like the price. So I think 
thinking about this with builders, and this would be good and bad. Oven, they're in the model, they're at their the inventory home, whatever. They pull up Snapchat, they show it right there. Reviews show five out of five or one out of five. It could really transparency to things in the home. I love this. Just in terms of being able to find things that you see in real life and don't know how to find online makes it really easy. Yeah. One of the things we talked about at, at PCBC with Jeff Turner was computer vision. And in fact, um, Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow, gave a talk at Facebook where he references um, you know, computer vision is the ability for computers to understand what they're looking at and assess information and use AI to understand what the picture is, something that we do as humans uh, intuitively. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that they use computer vision right now in small amounts to help improve estimates. So now when, the, when you do upload a list, cool. a photo of your house, it can tell what type of floor is is potentially in that image or what kind of countertops those are. And so things that people may input incorrectly or not input at all, the machines can start looking at that. And so I think computer vision as a whole is going to continue to to change a lot of things because now if without having to on the back end of your content management system of your website, you upload a photo of the front of your model home and it can just automatically know the types of flowers and trees that are planted around that and have the ability to kind of like what Snapchat is showing here, hover over and see all of those details without anyone ever having to put it in. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah. yeah. And, and then it writes exciting. a description for you. <laughs> right. Lush landscaping yeah. with da 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 Exactly. Flower, like a list of 500 flowers because it goes. And, it then it, and then it magically right. just says, this is included free with every home and people riot when they don't get it. You know? Oh, gosh. Yes. No. Yeah, no. hopefully not. No, I think the cool. other interesting thing and why I said this tied your story tie, or our story time discussion tied in with this news article is I really do think that Amazon will likely acquire Snapchat in the next year, year and a half. You know, it's one area that Amazon has not really touched is social. No. And Snapchat has no legs for I mean, it's it's basically on life support. Um, it is. My Instagram feed stories is sad. And, it, if I yeah, look at my story feed, it's like no one uses this. And I have not that I've tons of people I follow. It's like maybe 30. And there's one person that I'm like, what are they doing? Like, no, one, no one goes on here. Why are they on here? But still um, used for direct one-to-one communication yes, quite a bit, but correct. as a mm-hmm. social network where you're posting for the world to see, not, not as much. And I think Amazon could be tempted. They definitely have the pockets to buy it, but if they wanted to have something that can, uh, cause snap even calls itself a camera company first. And so if, Amazon bought them and then leveraged that even more so to say, okay, you want to know what to buy, you know, where to buy this. Do you convert cup in front of you? Pull up Snapchat and who wants one? Yeah. That's the value. Or even if you didn't have to pull up Snapchat, but the technology pulls over into Amazon and from Amazon itself, you can open and use that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or even if they wanted to create uh, social groupings around products. So if you want to talk to everyone who has ever bought a Do You Convert coffee mug, there you go. (laughs) You know, you could somehow anonymously or create conversations around it in a social platform like Snapchat. Anyway, I just I think Snapchat's days are numbered. And I made a tweet a while ago that I haven't heard anyone talk for a while. I remember there was an Inman Connect presentation where someone talked about Marketing homes on Snapchat to people who are buying homes using Bitcoin. Okay. And I was like, you know, I, I haven't heard of any talk about that in Sounds a while. Like, oh, that's, that's just <laughs> terrible. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. All right. What's the next uh, news article we got here? Amazon invests in home builders as smart home dominance deepens. Um, so they, being Amazon, invested, what was it? It was about six, I think it was like six and a half million dollars into a company in California, Plant Prefab. Builder in uh, Southern California that does prefab homes, but it's through their Alexa fund, which yeah. is pushing voice. So it's it is Amazon, but it's Alexa core focused as far as voice and homes. So and smart right, home, yeah. right? Correct, correct, correct. So still super super interesting. I think this is like the tip of the iceberg for Amazon, just as yeah. getting into home builders and building and just the home. It is interesting. I, I view it as almost like a licensing play, though. I mean, this this news broke when I was at the Zillow conference in Seattle, where Amazon is based as well. And so there was a little bit of a buzz when it first broke. You know, Amazon has finally entered the home building space. And there's 
tons of articles, I'm sure, when you were searching which mm -hmm. one to grab here for us to talk about, about how Amazon is now building homes. <laughs> and I, I see it as just them trying to corner the market on who is going to be the hub. Is it going to be Apple's home? Is it going to be Amazon's yep. uh, Alexa? But what is the voice inside of new homes going to be? Mm -hmm. And I think to me, it sounds like this is, well, it could end up being more, it's kind of like, hey, if you promise to integrate this into all of the homes you build from now until forever, we'll give you six and a half million bucks because that's change, chump change to us. Oh, yeah, that's like nothing. Yeah, and, and I think Amazon, as far as like who wins that hub spot, mm -hmm. hub spot, I mean, who wins the <laughs> hub race, you know, with all, I think Amazon has like a huge leg up. And you could probably think about the Snapchat if they do end up acquiring Snapchat at some point and the primary demo of Snapchat active users is younger than I am and I'm a millennial. It just sets them up to be that person in the home. You, know, you, mm -hmm. you buy everything, it ships to your home like Amazon. You know, Google doesn't have that. They don't sell things. Even though they have Google shopping, they aren't the same as it's not an Amazon purchase. It's not a Google purchase. But yeah, I'm I'm placing my bets on Amazon. Not a bad idea. In fact, I'm just trying to look up here real quick. Google recently paid some crazy amount of money to have Google search be the default search for iOS. Oh, Maybe I this was back know. in 2017, but there's just another article, but they paid $3 billion a year. Yeah, Google wow. could pay as much. This is from TechCrunch as well. Google could pay as much as $3 billion a year just to remain the default option in Safari. Wow. Um, and so it, this is just Amazon doing a different version of that. They're, they want to be the default voice search for new homes. Yeah. That's how I take it. For $6 million. Yeah, at least the, the yeah, starting cheap, point. Like I said. Well, if they did that for, every, big deal. for every prefab, yeah. <laughs> it's a start. It is a starting point, yeah. Well, then they think of like, well, if they have the Alexa, say that that's included, two of them, three of them, four, whatever, how many, depending on the square feet, mm -hmm. then that person can be a prime member and they, they likely already are. On to our next one from searchengineland.com. Website redesign mistakes that destroy SEO and expected it to be design focused as far as like mm. oh doing this look or this this you know visual affecting seo and then i read it i'm like oh it's not but this is still it's still a good list for everyone to look at on their own just because there's some more nerdier things in there um but really there's only two that i think are the most important to hear on the podcast and that is deleting pages or changing page urls without redirecting them and this would be sure. if you do Ooh. a new a new website and then the last one would be failing to perform a complete function check on everything, which all these things take yeah. time, which is the hard part. Hey, we launched the website. The check will take two days. Yeah. It's going to take time yeah. to check it. But if you don't check it, I think, Kevin, you had a story where a form was updated somewhere and then the leads, they weren't lost, but they were just missed. Oh, yeah. This, or something. this past week, someone, hey, we, you know, we dropped like 150, 200 leads in a month, what happened to them all? And the OSC had never sounded the alarm, which I thought was interesting, yeah. right? Normally yeah. they would be the first to freak out if there was a drop of that yes. kind. And then we go in and we realize that, no, there was a contact form that was updated and it was working. Uh, leads were going into the CRM and the OSC was getting them. But in terms of the secondary source that they were being flagged under now changed. So when the OSC was doing their wrap-up reporting, or marketing was going in and pulling all of those uh, lead sources out. Uh, I don't know how well this translates, but the primary source was online registration. The secondary source, um, typically you would select you know, from that builder's website. In this case, it was just blank. And so they didn't know how to select nothing. And so it just wasn't pulling through accurately. But gotcha. I, I think the hard part about this list, you know, where they list contact forms, uh, e-commerce functionality, if there is any search capabilities, interactive tools, multimedia, analytics, Google Search Console, tracking pixels, and dynamic um, ads or content. The hard part is this has to be a team effort because mm -hmm. the website company doesn't know uh, necessarily what your Facebook pixel code was on the old website, especially if they didn't design the old site. There, there has to be a back and forth. And of course, that's hard, you know, just talking between multiple teams and everyone's busy and working on different focuses. So um, definitely. And I just checked, this is breaking news. I just checked the site that I know just launched recently today uh -huh. and there is no uh -huh. Facebook pixel on there. Oh, <laughs> So that, yeah, this is super, super relevant. Yeah. The, the pixel. 
yeah. they use campaigns yeah. that need the pixel. So that's important for sure. For sure. Yep. So the, the first one, not forwarding stuff to the right place, that's as close to unforgivable as you can get because that that should yeah. just be happening. But the other pieces, the checkbox of is the Facebook pixel installed or not, that's where I have a little bit more compassion yeah. and, and grace that I'm willing to give because it is uh, both sides are equally responsible and, and need to be working together on, on that final pre-launch checklist for sure. sure. Yeah, fun. We'll link it up. You can check it out. Okay, um, two quick ones to wrap us up here. One, uh, September was not a fun month for a lot of home builders out there, particularly home builders in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia area, because a certain hurricane hit uh, in the middle. And whether or not they got a direct hit, you know, mentally, their consumers' heads were not necessarily in the game. They're trying to figure out, do I have enough bread, toilet paper, and water to survive uh, if this does directly hit me or not? What do I do with childcare, all that other stuff? So it just wasn't necessarily a great month for a lot of builders, but especially those in those areas. So I went, hopped onto Google Trends this morning and just typed in the words homes and new home. And it, it was interesting, even though we already knew and could feel this based upon the data that we can see. Um, in Google, the, the word homes fell in early September to the same point that it usually is at in November. So, oh. and, and again, for those of you who didn't hear before, in Google Trends, what you'll see is that actually from June, July on for the rest of the year, the trend is down all the way until the very end of the year. And then beginning January, search volume picks back up for, for terms uh, around homes and new homes. But in September, across the board for homes, it fell down to the same level as it typically doesn't get to until November. And it has kind of stayed there. Uh, new homes is a little bit uh, worse and better. It fell to the point where it was at the end of November during Thanksgiving week last year, which is painful, okay. um, but it has bounced back. Uh, it's bounced okay. back, whereas existing homes has stayed low. New home searches nationally um, have bounced back a, a good percentage uh, since they're low there in September. So just a, it's a, you know, it's a free tool that you can, you can go to. You can even look at your, your own state and your own market to see like Albuquerque, New Mexico, don't know what's going on there right now, but New Mexico is the top uh, state in terms of search volume around new homes of, of all locations, not in terms of total volume, but in terms of percentage of searches done uh, and interest yep. in the topic. Yeah. So, And Louisiana, way up there too. Yeah. And then the last one we have is our own Andrew. The ad doctor himself wrote a great recap uh, of the marketing side in particular oh, nice. from the online summit. Uh, so be sure to check out uh, deconvert.com to check out Andrew's top three takeaways from the online sales and marketing summit for marketers. And let's just give a quick rundown. Quick. The top okay. three. Just don't even explain what they are. Just tease, tease them. them. All right. Number one, chase the numbers and elevate your standards. <laughs> number two, don't forget the basics and focus on now. Number three, the future is in data, but content is still king. Hmm. I definitely want to know Intriguing. more about that. Yes, that's right. Me too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Gary, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with this week's 360 topic of the week, marketing calendars. We're going to have a roundtable discussion with Andrew and Becca and I on that, and we will be right back. All right, let's get into it. The first roundtable discussion, since we've got three of us here, marketing calendars, obsolete or must have. Okay, so first let's do a quick definition of a marketing calendar because there could be lots of them floating out there. To me, a marketing calendar is a standalone document that someone sits down for a period of time to think about either the next three months, six months, year, et cetera, uh, and what type of campaigns, topics, events, kind of just putting a roadmap in front of you, uh, pre-planning on uh, at a fairly detailed level, community, sub-market, uh, company-wide, and having a calendar of what topics need to be talked about, when communities are going to be launching, when blog posts are going to be written, all of those, all of those items. So again, that's where we're going to start. This conversation may deviate into lots of different directions. As usual, minimal show prep. <laughs> We're just hopping on the chat and, right. and share ideas. So let's just start with, first of all, rapid fire. 
Becca, marketing yes. calendars, obsolete or must have? As, as a standalone calendar, I think it's obsolete. Okay. Tell me why. Well, I think it really needs to be integrated into the full marketing plan and kind of your development plan and your con new communities coming up. Like you really need to have that as part of your whole business schedule. Okay. So it needs to be more tightly integrated into other parts of the business and, and yes. more comprehensive plan. Andrew, what mm -hmm. do you think? Can I, can I be team obsolete as well? Or do I, uh, you can, yes, that? absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. Team. Yeah. Similar. Like, I think I'm probably saying the same thing that Becca is saying. I think the marketing needs to feed off of whatever sales goals need to happen, except with the exception of coming soon or like new community launches. I guess that wouldn't be a single document though. Like those, I think need to be somewhat planned out with some detail. So it yeah. sounds like, like you're a, maybe like a, a process. Not, yeah. I'm probably like right in the middle. So somewhere in between. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I'm for, and I, I absolutely hate them. And, and I think <laughs> they are worthless. And I'm saying this with a, a little smile on my face, but I think they, they distract us too much and don't live in the real world um, yes. at all. I think they're, they're kind of like budgets. They become more limiting mm. than yeah. freeing or helpful because the idea is that this is going to help you focus on creating content or campaigns or launching things when they need to happen. But if it's a standalone document in particular, the likelihood that it will be incorrect or out of date or irrelevant once the time comes to do whatever it was you thoughtfully planned nine months ago it probably is not going to line up with with your real world that you're in. So now that we just got done hating on marketing calendars <laughs> in the opening generally. Let's let's yeah. just try to open up our minds, take take a moment and think about some instances where this could work. So I'll I'll start since I just said they're completely irrelevant, worthless and you should hit delete on them all. Delete. <laughs> um, I think if you have a seasonal message, so one thing could be just a brief note saying, hey, in early September, make a note to marketing, i.e. me, <laughs> if you're a typical one-person department. Note to self, uh, let's update all of our imagery in early September to be more fall-related so that contextually the images match the season that we're, that we're in. I think that now the value of needing to do that especially if you've been a marketer for many years, may not, you know, I don't, I don't need someone to remind me that it's fall when I wake up and it's 50 yeah. degrees outside in the morning. <laughs> I know it's fall, but especially for a, for a young marketer that, that, that kind of idea might work. And you guys have any other thoughts of when it, it could be helpful? Yeah. When you're planning your new community to do your pre-sale without fail, it's helpful to have a schedule set for it, however, because at least in this area, development tends to run far behind and that's every area, PS. <laughs> that's the entire country is behind on development always, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it makes marketing having having the actual schedule on the calendar not easy to follow, but if you have a certain schedule of what you're going to do for your pre-sale without fail, and you know kind of a target when the community is planned to open and when it's more than likely going to open, and those are never the same. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so you're can, saying just an order of events, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, like that's a loose where order I, of events. Yes, that's why the calendar word throws me off. I mean, when you, when you say that's calendar, dates, it's yeah. like. If I mark on October 15th that this is going to happen, that's I'm going to plan everything around that happening and it probably won't. Whereas what you're saying, right. I think makes complete sense. Just knowing the order of activities need to go in, but understanding that one of those may move up and one of those in terms of may happen sooner than you expect and another may then get delayed, but you're not, yes. you're not thrown off balance by it because you didn't mentally or on your calendar commit to a date. It was just, this is the next step. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So my, yeah, my four in this regard is when you have, Whoa. I guess maybe be like a mini calendar, M-I-N-I, not M-A-N-Y, mini, but mini. <laughs> like maybe if, you, so that this would be like if you're a larger company and you have like a team, a marketing team, uh -huh. if there's four or five of you keeping everyone organized without dates could be difficult. And so maybe yeah. you could run it monthly or even two weeks forward or something like that. Um, Probably a month would be a little easier that we could 
if people have time off or something, you could still okay. have things covered and run and not forgotten about along those lines. I think that's and, a great point. If you if you combine what Becca was talking about in terms of order of events with a one month, maybe a quarter in advance. I'm all with you, Andrew, as long as you're not yeah. telling your team on the 12th, we want to launch this. No, my, you're like, my thought, you know, yeah, if get this crazy. is ready, correct, then we're going to go whenever it's ready. Yeah. And I have this bias wrong. that I think some of these calendars are like too campaigny. Thinking about that word, we're like, cool, we launch our fall in love with a new home in the fall campaign. And I just, <laughs> that stuff, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of. I, no. I don't know. I, I, I just don't like it. And where it's like filled with things like that. And I'm uh -huh. like, oh my goodness, let's not do that. Let's, but once you have like a solid date, like big grand opening happening tomorrow in a great community in South Carolina. So once that date is there, October 6th, working backwards as far as like, hey, let's run the ads the day before. Yep. Let's yeah. have the tomorrow, join us tomorrow ad go live. Right. Um, which I think those little things are important when it is a big, big launch. And that needs to be on the calendar. Otherwise, it'll be forgotten about. Absolutely. I think I think that's a great point. Short term calendars are an absolute must. But that's, yes. you know, that's I don't think that's what most people think of. When, no, when I think they say, think a I... whole year and like this, uh -huh. they take a week off and it's like this big marketing retreat and they, they're going to make this amazing calendar. <laughs> and it's like, no, sticky notes all over the place, like big, you know, was that CSI? I think one of the shows like the crime shows where they got like the cool screens and they're writing stuff around. And yep. No. Yeah, not that. we talked about this briefly at the summit, but let's unpack the whole idea of the fall into savings or spring into savings campaign type messaging. You know, those are to me relics of a time when the media that you are purchasing, either making the creative took forever. Like if we're going to have a fall television billboard and print campaign and they're all going to launch at the same time and, you know, it takes you quite a bit of effort and money to create that TV spot mm -hmm. and it's going to run for the next two to three months, then yeah, that, that, that was when campaigns and the idea around them made sense. If you bought a billboard, you may not change the creative every six months. If you were lucky, most likely every year or two. And so you had to be thinking about these kind of mid mid length messages, not, not your brand promise, not necessarily your tagline, just this other thing. And that is just, it's completely not necessary in today's world. And that's, again, part of why my buy campaigns are now things that never end and never stop, right? Yep. Like, like your Google ads campaigns never stop. Nope. You never want to not show up for new homes in your area. Yeah, yeah that'd be strange. Yeah. yeah. To like cycle that like, oh, let's do for August, but not for October. Yeah, there be... are people who still do that. I know of people who will run their ads in the first week of the month and the third week of the month. Well, that is what? really weird. That's, yeah, <laughs> that is weird. Maybe because <laughs> uh, maybe it's not because their marketing campaign tells them to. That's true. So. If, the, if, that, if that's what the document <laughs> says, and that's what they yeah. that's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah, marketing I, calendar, so. yeah. I think the yeah, just the just I think maybe it is social like on our medium today. Say Facebook and Instagram would be like the core of what we're talking about with having those campaign messages spring into savings or fall into fall in love uh -huh. with new homes. If you're just saying that, like with the graphic, then that's like, okay, what are these people doing? But if there is a right. creative way to show that either with video or something better than just a word, maybe that would be okay or cool. I have no idea what that would be, but I'm sure there's some, someone that's done something that maybe is humor and maybe new homes isn't the appropriate place to do that something that is seasonal but it is a campaign message yeah i mean it's as long as it's relevant to your product and your buyers yeah. i think for sure yeah and social right on the money is i think where a lot of this comes from you know even internally at do you convert we had a little chat uh collectively as a family like hey well maybe large c corporations will do you know happy national coffee day and <laughs> not ha i just realized national taco day i think was on thursday um sounds good <laughs> but it's like what you're part of the conversation, but no one really cares about your input in that conversation. I, I think um, we've talked before about people who have Fourth of July messages or Christmas. I mean, that, that's all good if it's to your own customers. Like an, mm -hmm. an email to me is less offensive than not not offensive isn't right the right word more more on focus 
yeah. then a tweet to the world about happy Thanksgiving from all of us. Well, <laughs> yeah, unless you're actually doing something, then I think it's, I think that's yeah. it. But no one does yeah. something. They, they'll just say it like happy Memorial Day or, or Veterans Day, any of those. <laughs> but then it's like, then nothing happens. But if they're like, blah, 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 this holiday we're doing this real thing. You're like, Oh, that's actually cool. Cause people don't actually do anything. Uh, okay. So this was the one that I used to hack um, when oh, I was a builder nice. is, um, is it Arbor day or earth day or earth day? I think sure, was what yeah. we did, but every one of the houses that we built in, in Pittsburgh, the townships all required somewhere between two or three street trees be planted out in front of the house. Oh, wow. Okay. It was man. It was mandated. And so every year nice. on earth day, I would do the math and figure out how many homes we had closed that year and say, you know, Heartland Homes is proud to celebrate Earth Day and, you know, mention the amount of, of new trees that we planted. Sneaky dog. Um, for, for the year. Right. And it, so it made That's it sound imp it implied that it was because of Earth Day, but it was just how many trees we knew at a minimum we'd be planting anyway. That's beautiful. And a picture of every tree. All <laughs> 900 yes. of them. Yeah. <laughs> but. The other part point or the other point that you, you are leading us down, which is part of the few prep notes that I have here is documenting, not creating. And that's a, a saying um, borrowed from Gary Vaynerchuk. I think so much of your social media marketing calendar, if you're doing it well and right, is more about documenting what's actually happening than planning for something to be said. Definitely. I, yes. I think that is a challenge for a lot of people, even though Gary, I, I remember I used to follow Gary Vee back when I, and I'm like, I get it, but I don't really get it. Um, and I think now I finally get it. So it takes a while to actually figure out what he, what he means, what is worth documenting <laughs> and what is like, cause you kind of have to create something to document it. Right. I think it's like chicken and egg conversation, but we're always building, well, we're always making something. It, so it's like, we have a endless it, supply, not, but builders have an endless supply of something to document. They just need to get. Well, in it's of, just document, it. not, not doing something for the intent. Like if you go out to create a 30 minute video wow. post or I'm, I'm thinking, let's, let's pull our, our friend, Steve Shoemaker. He did a live video one time from a model home on Facebook where he interviewed the designer of the house. Mm -hmm. It might've been 15 or 20 minutes long. It wasn't short and it got a lot of great engagement, but if you went to produce a 15 to 20 minute video, oh you wanted to create a video with the intent purpose of advertising versus documenting a conversation between him and the designer and answering some questions from uh, Facebook users, the amount of effort and time and money that go into those two things are just dramatically different. Oh yeah. And that's the point is we don't build homes just to photograph them anymore like in the old days you may have had to do that if you're a small custom builder you might intentionally over spec a home just so that you could take pictures of it to to advertise with those images and then hope mm -hmm. someone bought it but now you're you know you're just you should be documenting the homes that you're building all of the time yeah. and that should mean less strain on marketing on your budget on on everything Part of that too, though, comes back to we think what we do is boring because we do it. Yes. Yeah. And so you walk by the drafting department and you're like, oh, yeah, they're in there sketching out new homes or building homes, putting the selections people have made into actual blueprints that can be built from. Like, what's the big deal with that? Well, to people who don't know what all goes into that, that's that can be fascinating. It could be interesting. It could build trust and all sorts of positive things to come out of documenting what it is those people do. Yeah. There's so many um, ways to, to get, I think if we, if we need a reminder and selling my house is a huge reminder of like, Oh, new homes are like a huge advantage. We had the inspection yesterday. Huh. So that was lots of fun. 57 year old home. There's nothing wrong with it. It's <laughs> perfect. But, and that's kind of like, Oh, it's 57 years old. You compare that versus a brand new home. Or even a hey, five-year-old no, home. Andrew, you know? they don't build them like they used to anymore. They, so yeah, that sure. I would expect that fifty-six-year-old home to be better. It's perfect. There's never just... been a remodel by a homeowner before in there. Like <laughs> who knows? You know, there's plumbing's oh, not fifty-seven years old. All that stuff, right? But I think that if we go like existing, I don't say like it's always existing versus new, but like that's like a whole. 50 years worth of content, like when it's new, there's all these things you could talk about because it's brand new. Um, yeah, that's, I think that gets forgotten sometimes. I think it could be interesting documenting 
a new home salesperson who's works in a model home. That's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. six days a week, go on tour with them to an existing home around the corner. That's yeah. the same price with the shag carpet and whatever else. And just document <laughs> their facial expressions about the horrid smells and the scary, it, yeah. you know, locked door with the dog inside of it that, you know, there's just so <laughs> many, that dog there's so many yes. weird things. Uh, Cause now you've got humans living in the house. Human. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Mm. I think even that could be fascinating. That would be just, awesome. I know some good. Yes builders that have some great salespeople that are really funny that that should make videos about that uh-huh yeah that would be good yeah see that's perfect see and that'd be documenting that would even, wouldn't even be we had to you know be creative to think about something but it took you know, just a few minutes so there you go yeah now you can just steal that one and, and use it. it on your own i want to see it but yeah. i think this goes back to back to the calendar i think the calendar is what some people need to just prompt them to document anything. Otherwise they just get sucked into this is my daily. And so that's again, some of the redeeming points of having a calendar is just, I need to post something twice a week or once a week or whatever. I think it's just, if you're not in that mindset, you're probably going to rush out or create something that's not really speaking to your customer as much as checking the box and whatever you have on hand. Definitely. Yeah. I think we were talking about positive things about Cal. Anything else positive? Anything positive that we haven't talked about yet with with uh, a marketing calendar? They're helpful to keep you organized. Okay, tell me more about that. So, I mean, if you have let's say 20 communities and each community has got something slightly different going on, it's easier to say, "Hey, we have this new model in community number 10. So we're going to open it this day, or we're going to have it decorated this day. And if you put that on the calendar, then you can, you know, do your post or create an ad with, mm-hmm. you know, what's been the content that's been created. I, th- I think one other thing that hit me that could be positive is community specific. I'll use calendars in quotes, because I still don't know that I would yeah. attribute specific dates to it. But when you're meeting with a salesperson one-on-one and developing a a marketing plan if, if for those of you who still do this with your sales reps uh, in the field which we could have a different discussion about that being worthwhile or not I, I think it is but it's hard i mean it takes a lot of time but you know saying hey in the next six months in happy acres let's plan to do one type of community event but i, I could see an argument for some community specific calendars as long as it's not overly specific on dates and timing yeah and and maybe calendar is the the word that's that's tough because some of this seems like it would be like we have our own task management tool that we use maybe there's a project (laughs) i'm trying to think how to say that like a project management tool that would not be event date focused but community focused for the marketing person to like hey we need photos Mm -hmm. all these type of but it's not yep because if you don't see it if you if say you look at your calendar on a weekly basis and it's Monday, you're like, cool, what do I got going this week? Then you miss next Monday. Depending on how you look at it, you might miss it. But if you're looking at the project as a whole, but not looking at it through dates, then you could yep. probably focus on yeah. what needs to be done better. I'm not sure what tool it is. I've tried a bunch of them. Still have gone back to Google Sheets, but I don't think that would be a good scalable option for if you had 20 communities to manage no. to have all these different tasks in there. Could get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, very crazy. Something like a base camp or yep. uh, Asana, I think is yeah, a, a popular, popular one. Yeah, I've seen base camp, Asana, teamwork, and Trello mm-hmm. as far as the four that are definitely mm-hmm. out there. Um, yep. And they're all different. All four of those are quite different. Yep. I, I think you're right. It's the word calendar. I'm a big fan of, of David Allen's Getting Things Done or GTD methodology. <laughs> it's a great audio book, great book. He's got all kinds of, of tools to help you with it. But the, the quick overview idea is that, you know, having a calendar, calendar should be speaking about where you need to be um, mm. because it's, it's time based around when something, wh- where are you at any given time needs to be on the calendar. Yep. What you can get done where you are needs to be on a list. So yeah. if your calendar says, I'm going to work from home on Tuesdays, then your to-do list needs to have a, when I'm at home, these are the things I can do. Mm-hmm. And so then I prioritize getting those things done where I am. Um, and so the, the concept really, what you're saying is organization is what drives a lot of people towards the marketing calendar. But what you really just need is a better way to be organized, yeah. not necessarily a better way to plan dates 
Correct. Uh, and date specific items to be done. Because the dates will change and the times will change. Um, for me on the marketing side, the only time I do use the calendar for tasks is when I'm checking on campaigns. And that's the only time I'll mm -hmm. put them in there. So it's got like calls and then I have like campaign check-ins and those will be a calendar. Um, I don't know why, yeah. but that's the way that's the way I do it. It could just be on well, you, somewhere, but for yeah, some it could, reason, it could be a reminder from Siri or Alexa yeah, or someone else too, right? The, just hey, remind me yeah, about this in two days. That's the uh, exception. Yep. Let me make one kind of last suggestion before we we break, which is that to me, when I was a builder, it, it's always helpful for everyone to have one thing that we're focusing on collectively as a team, not just marketing, not just sales, not just operations, but everyone. And one of the examples I use often is the website. Right. Until people would say, you know, well, how many home sites are remaining in this community or is home site two available or what's the current pricing on X, Y and Z until I was able to get the whole company around the idea back in 2008 that the website is where you go to check all of that. Yeah. Anything related to it, to how we're doing our business is running, what's sold, what's not, what's available, what's not what's in something and what's not the first place you need to go and check is the website because once the website became the bible it wasn't always 100% right but that was what the customers would always 100% see Correct. yeah and so it drove the discussion and the accountability of the website must always be accurate similarly for marketing calendars the tool that i used inherently built into how our company did business was our sales tracking and projection and goal worksheet mm -hmm. so I, I could look at that and see every month what the what the goal sales goal was for each community, each region and the company as a whole. And that would help me understand potentially how much of my my full year budget needed to go into that month or the month before to prep for that month. It would help me know, OK, currently this community is planned to start selling in September because that's the first month that has a two in it. And so that is currently the launch date. But. Having that single document meant that in all these meetings and conversations, when something changed, if a community got pushed, one of the first things that happened was, well, then we better go update that sales document and take it out of September and move it to October. And so I would have a checklist and a, a to-do list of, of things to check in on and, and, and work throughout the course of my day, week, et cetera. And, and, our, and our team did too. But when it came to this new community launching, We'd go back and check the sales document and see if it was still where it was or if it had moved, right? And that was just a real easy way for, because I think, well, first, uh, let's just talk about your guys' thoughts on, on having a cross-department document versus a marketing-specific calendar. I think it's so vital because if you're not all singing off the same sheet of music, you can't make a game plan and work as a team together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. That, that should drive everything. Sales drives it Sales all. Drives I mean, all. that's this is a yeah. marketing yeah. podcast, and so we talk a lot about the importance of marketing and in terms of leadership and strategy and direction. At the end of the day, I will I always believe that marketing is there to serve the needs of the sales organization, and so even yes. just t letting the sales organization know and and understand that I'm making my decisions and and plans based upon the document that is most important in your world just inherently even helps them understand that. You know, I'm committed to sales above all else. Yeah, and and helping drive that. Yeah, it's good. Good politics, <laughs> even though it's the truth. So it's yeah, it's good. Right, right. Yeah, it's a win-win yeah, in win -win. that in that scenario. Okay, we talked a little bit about this uh, in terms of if you're going to have that single document that you're working off of, being able to be tremendously responsive to what's going on in that is the big win of digital marketing today. Right. I don't have to let a current campaign run for a month or a quarter mm -hmm. or, or a week or, or even multiple days, if that document is updated and priorities are changing or goals change or results change, I want to be looking at that document regularly and shift my digital strategy on a dime when it's necessary. And so as soon as sales comes in and they get ratified and it gets added to that document, and I know now that Happy Acres has exceeded its sales goal for the month by one, I'm not going to turn the spigot off, but I'm going to ease up the gas and refocus my my efforts in other locations. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that is the beauty yeah. of it. Yep. But we need that feedback loop 
as far as the whole sales and marketing talking to each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yep. definitely. And that document can be and should be the hub right. for that. The, hub, um, the Alexa between the two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we spend so much time uh, and this is not this is not a pitch as much as just letting you kind of see behind the curtain for those of you who don't work with us. We spend so much time trying to help marketers understand that they can have a direct impact on the business and that you you can impact results instead of just being beholden to the market as a whole and how well things are overall going mm-hmm. and like what levers you can control to have that impact. And, and so even if you know the levers, it's, it does you no good if you don't know the direction that, that sales needs the most help in from that document. Correct. Because even if you, and this is, yeah. even if you like have wins and what they aren't concerned about, like it won't be a win, if that makes any sense. Like if they're concerned about XYZ happy acres, and you got really sad acres selling, then they're still concerned about happy acres over here. So knowing like, hey, that's yep. behind by, you know, two homes a month for the past six months. We need to fix something. Hopefully we know if it's been a six month issue. But yeah, having yep. that conversation each each month is uh, vital. Mm-hmm. We um, have this this tool that we recommend to everyone use kind of a traffic flow worksheet for marketing They just and the reason we call it traffic is that's what agencies call it, like the internal movement and, and achievement of tasks and priority of tax, tasks to be done. Um, but the three documents that were always with me or accessible were the task flow worksheet for my department in marketing, the sales uh, goal projection tracking worksheet, and the CRM. You know, those three things have to be at every conversation between sales and marketing. In order to have an effective conversation and to keep everything on the same page. So if you do learn something new about a community being delayed, you've got that sales document right in front of you. And oh, the sales admin forgot to update that. We need to make sure they, they know about it. But the, the CRM, that traffic worksheet, and the sales projection and, and uh, tracking worksheet, those you got to have all three of those to be effective uh, when you're talking sales and marketing together. Definitely. Because if you have, I mean, I, this is all coming back to me, so I can't. It's it's great, but I would sit down with Molly Hart on a weekly basis, and Maria Bogar and Kelly or Kathy Cooper, and we would look and say, okay, Happy Acres, you know, we've been cons- consistently hitting twos, but when we did our projections for the year back in January, this next month it's supposed to be a four, or in two months it's going to be a four. We better start moving the needle now on attention for that community, mm-hmm. or there's no way, no, nothing magically is going to happen, other than it maybe being the spring market. For this community to go from consistently selling two a month to four. So we better have a strategic conversation and we better go look in the CRM and see what does lead um, volume look like historically and what are we going to need to get to? And then we work backwards and oh, yeah, I just, th- those were such fun conversations to have because we had those tools to interact with. It wasn't just us staring at each other like, crap, we're screwed. What are we going to do to get those extra yeah. two sales? <laughs> that, would, that would not be a place I would no, want. Not at all. You don't have to guess. That's right. It doesn't mean that it always comes through the way you want it to, but it knows that y- you feel good and go to sleep knowing that you you moved everything that you needed to to put yourself in the best potential potential place to win. Love it. All right, let's. Uh, I think this week's question of the week uh, we haven't had one in a little while because we just haven't had time to get to it. But um, we had the um, who would you like uh, to see us on as who would you like to have as a guest on? That was a little while ago. I think that was the most yep. recent in September. Oh, geez, that's like a month ago. Oh, my. Yeah. And thanks again for everyone who gave us insights um, on folks you'd like to have on. We'll definitely be be contacting those people, getting them uh, booked up, including Gary Vaynerchuk. Who, there some um, other, I like uh, Ed Snowden names, because like... he's probably the yeah. least. I mean, there's some big <laughs> names on here, obviously. But yeah, we'll get Snowden on. Yeah. We'll get um, Jeff Bezos. Uh, all those Easy. guys will, will Easy be peasy. on in, in no big deal. <laughs> but this week's question of the week, how about um, we toss it over to what are the... I don't want to talk about marketing calendars because I'm afraid too many of you will be shy to say, I love my marketing mm-hmm. calendar because it's okay. If it works for you, use it. Um, but how about what documents or dashboards or reports do you look at on a regular basis to help tell you where marketing should be going, what, what projects you're working on? Just You don't have to get too granular and give too many you know, trade secrets away, but just did you have a document? Uh, and then if so, what are those things that help you drive? Um, what you should be spending and focusing your time on. I think that'd be... Yeah, that'd be fun. 
for that for future i think that's the important part like what you should be doing tomorrow what documents yes not kpis in terms of analyzing data and results now but what 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 are you looking at that tells you what you should be looking working on for the future exactly right awesome yeah that was fun fun episode all right well that'll do it for this week's episode for published articles blog posts videos and more check out duconvert.com it's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on facebook instagram linkedin and all the social platforms have a fantastic rest of the week and we'll see you next time see ya